Yes, we are live. Hey guys, what's up? Uh, welcome to another awesome week with Ask Me Anything. Uh, this week it's going to be a lot more interesting towards destinations hidden across Europe. And uh, your host being me, Adarsh, and I have Akni here with me. Hi guys. And uh, great. So we, so for people who have already been uh, with with us before, you will be having an idea of how this works out. And for people who are joining us new this week, I'll give you a brief idea. Uh, what you can do is, if you have any queries or if you have anything that you'd like to know about Europe, you just have to go to the comment section and drop in a few words. And uh, whatever comes up, we'll be able to answer that. And uh, yeah, so we will be in, in the meanwhile. We'll also be taking some few offline queries as well. And we'll uh, have the offline queries. So we've got a question from Krishna. He's essentially asked for how long does the uh, Schengen visa to, takes to process. So, uh, so technically it takes about somewhere between 15 to 20 maximum working days uh, for the Schengen visa to process. And uh, it also depends uh, from country to country. There are certain countries that on an average, you know, uh, process the visa faster. Say for example, Germany usually processes the visa in about a week's time and even France uh, process it within a period of 10 days. Whereas there are countries like Italy which usually take a bit longer, uh, about say about 15 or 20 working days to process and it varies from country to country but the maximum time for any Schengen country is that it takes 20 to 20 working days to process the visa. And we always you know, recommend to anyone who's traveling to Europe to uh, apply at least a month in advance so that you have enough time to process the visa and you know you don't avoid any last minute hassle. Yes, that's true. Uh, added to that, uh, we would really recommend you have a sufficient buffer time of at least 10 to 15 working days from the time you process your, apply your visa to the VFS center till the time your travel date starts. So, that's, I hope that answers Krishna. And hi Sanjay, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, the next question from Sachin. Hi Sachin, uh, what is the Swiss pass and how is it beneficial? So uh, Swiss pass is essentially a rail pass that you take uh, when you're, during your time in Switzerland. It's something that we especially recommend to uh, people who are planning a very long vacation uh, in Switzerland say for a period of 8 days or if they are travelling with families. There are a lot of benefits of taking up the Swiss pass say for example, it uh, allows you to take most public transportation across Switzerland, uh, be it trams, be it buses, or be it any of the trains. It allows you to take it for free. And you also get certain special discounts on some of the highlight excursions in Switzerland, be it uh, the Titlis in Lucerne, or be it uh, the Jungfreik in Interlaken. And you also get some very uh, beautiful scenic boat rides that come complimentary along with the pass. But again, you know, adding to that, I'll also say that it's not necessary that the Swiss pass is, all, is always beneficial. It's most beneficial when you're traveling as a family because uh, one of the advantages of the Swiss pass is that you can buy a Swiss family card and uh, you will be, uh, the, the cost of the child is complemented along with the cost of the parent. So it helps you reduce the cost of the activities when you are working things out that way. Yeah, and uh, I think uh, Vishwas has a very interesting question. What do I do if I have a really long layover in Paris? Well, so uh, Paris being one of the most, one of the biggest cities and one of the most beautiful and romantic cities in Europe, uh, I think there's a lot to do over there and it really depends upon how long your layover is to be precise. So, for example, I'm, I'm assuming you're taking an Air France flight which has a layover over there in Charles de Gaulle Airport. So, uh, ideally, what I would recommend is if this is your first time in Paris and you're traveling somewhere else, I would back on asking to see what the seven wonders of the world being the Eiffel Tower. And uh, if you have a little bit time longer than that, probably the Louvre Museum next right next to the Eiffel Tower is something which is really highly recommended. The world famous Mona Lisa painting is also located inside of it, if you must be aware. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so I think with, apart from that, you have a lot 
through just like you know, roam around the till palace to explore all the streets, the cafes, the bookstores. So the whole city is absolutely vibrant and electrifying, no matter what time you visit. Yeah. Um, so we have a question from Sharda Bar. Can you explain about the Eurorail bus? Yes, uh, so Shardambal, basically people take the Eurorail bus when they have an extensive long time uh, of travel within Europe. And this highly comes into very effective use when people are traveling across more than say 10 to 15 countries within a stretch of like 20 days. And especially in certain situations where you want to like you know, plan on the go and you want to make some kind of last minute changes, I think the Eurorail bus comes into really good uh, use where you'd be able to take any trains throughout any time of the day and that would ideally give you the flexibility of like you know changing and modifying your actually as on the move. So I guess that if you've got a you know it's like a fixed itinerary that you've decided these are the places you're gonna visit and you're gonna only do it over a period of 10-15 days. In those situations we would rather you know recommend that you book these trains early rather than going for a Eurail bus just based on the cost front uh, alone. The Eurail bus as just others pointed out right it, it becomes a lot more beneficial when you are doing like a month's vacation in Europe and covering a lot of cities and planning on the go rather than a pre-planned itinerary. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we have uh, Varsha Narayanan asking us for a honeymoon couple which would be better to visit, Eastern Europe or Western Europe? <laughs> right, I think this is something which we've been getting a lot from people who plan their honeymoons. Uh, Varsha, to be really honest, both Eastern Europe and Western Europe has its own perks and own style and own beauty is what I would put it out as. Um, Eastern Europe more precisely being countries like say Austria, Czech Republic, uh, Hungary, Slovenia, Croatia, etc. It's got a very good mix of uh, culture, nature and a lot of like you know, uh, history uh, longitude to it. Whereas in the case of Western Europe being countries specified towards like you know the more stereotypical places where usually Indians prefer to travel like France, Spain, Italy, Switzerland, uh, Amsterdam, etc. So I think those places would uh, be more full of like architecture, culture, history. So that is a lot of pure world famous monuments are also located over there. So that would ideally be one of that would I think that would give you a basis your interests and preference as to what you would prefer being towards architecture and uh, culture or if it would be nature and uh, leisure I think you would be able to pick up all of it. But uh, my personal recommendation would be Eastern Europe because personally that's a place which I really get fascinated about. But also I think you can also make a decision based on your budget as well because Western Europe uh, being the more popular destination. Uh, the cost of the hotels or the cost of the activities are a lot more expensive in being in France or Switzerland or Italy or Greece for that matter. Whereas uh, the destinations in Eastern Europe, uh, be it uh, Budapest, Vienna, as you mentioned, like Croatia, these are more uh, not so as main. I mean, they are also uh, highly tourist during the summer season, but still they are not as uh, mainstream as the Western as their Western counterparts. So if you're looking at a more uh, budget constrained. Uh, Europe honeymoon, then we would recommend uh, Eastern Europe over Western Europe any day. Absolutely. So, uh, next, uh, we're just getting a lot of questions up here. Yeah. So, Padma Keshav says, Hi, Adarsh Lucky. Can you tell me the best time to visit Scandinavian countries? Wow. Uh, personally, our, our favorite. favorite. <laughs> Both of our favorite uh, destinations, yes, actually. So you want to pick some? Uh, so it depends. I mean, Scandinavian countries it offers a lot to offer, like the rest of Europe, right? So uh, depending upon what your interests are, uh, if you are looking to visit the Northern Lights for uh, in the Scandinavian countries, be it Norway, Sweden, Finland, or even Iceland for that matter, we would recommend uh, the period between September and uh, March because that's when the probability of seeing the Northern Lights are their highest. Whereas if you're looking for more of a summer vacation and you're looking to do uh, fjord cruises and uh, some beautiful uh, drives and activities in Iceland, then you would recommend the months between April and uh, September or October for that matter. So technically speaking, uh, I mean uh, depending upon your interests, uh, Scandinavian countries are good all year round uh, destinations. It's just that you need to decide as to what sort of activities you're more interested in. 
right. But having said that, uh, I think traveling uh, to Scandinavia also predominantly depends on the weather conditions as well. When Indians plan a trip to Scandinavia, weather also needs to play an important role. And if you are looking to do it during the northern light season, it has to be during the peak of the winter time, being like December, January, or February. Uh, the weather is definitely going to be harsh at that point of time. Like say, it's going to drop to zero and a lot more less than minus degrees. But uh, if you would want to beat that kind of weather and traveling during the, traveling during a good time, I think June, July, and August should be kind of a really good time to visit. And uh, a lot of our travelers are also doing uh, Scandinavia places like say northern Norway and Iceland at this point of time. I think the weather would be kind of predictable, which would ideally be comfortable for them when it comes to like you know road trips that they would be taking or when they go for really long durations within the country. I think that would that should also something be importantly considered. And just to add uh, one last thing on top of that for the Scandinavian thing is, uh, we would recommend uh, trying to. I mean, given most people go for a 10 day or a 15 day vacation, we would uh, our general uh, recommendation has been to not extend to more than two countries uh, in the Scandinavian region itself because uh, most people you know tend to just cover the capital cities in uh, in in the Scandinavian region, be it Oslo, uh, Helsinki, or uh, Oslo, Helsinki, or uh, Stockholm. Or Stockholm. Those are the famous, you know, it's like most recommended streamlined uh, combinations. But what we do recommend is uh, there are a lot more beautiful places within Norway or within Finland for that matter that are not as explored, and those have been our personal recommendations. Yeah, so I think uh, we will take an offline question at the moment. So, Vibhav says, uh, is a bike trip possible in Europe and uh, if yes, which countries to opt for in that case and how to prepare? So, yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are preferring bike trips nowadays across Europe and it's a very interesting and an adventurous thing to do. Uh, Vibhav, yes, bike trips are definitely feasible and possible across Europe and if you are an avid biker who has a good experience across biking, I think that's one of the best ways to cover uh, places across Europe and the countries that you would opt for would definitely be places where like you know you have a good stretch of long endless roadways like say Norway or Iceland mostly towards uh, Scandinavian regions like we discussed earlier or on the other hand you could look into certain other off-peak destinations say across Spain or Italy which where a lot of places are well known for like you know taking bike trips or road trips in that matter and uh, Apart from that, Eastern Europe, I think uh, Croatia also Croatia has, has, a, been, has a yeah yeah Croatia has been uh, predominant. I mean, it's one of the you know countries in Europe which is not covered by a very good rail network. So and Croatia has been uh, has been a very beautiful uh, has got very beautiful roads along the Dalmatian coast, and that's something that's becoming very popular for off-peak travel of late. If you're looking for a road trip in Croatia, our personal recommendations always has been to consider. Uh, Croatia is top of the list. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, so I think we'll take another offline question from Mandala. Uh, when and where to visit for Northern Lights? <laughs> okay, so uh, Mandala, I think uh, the more farther you move towards the North Pole, you would be having a better proximity and a better chance to uh, view the Northern Lights for sure. Given that it's a natural phenomenon and it completely depends upon how good the weather conditions are on a particular day, uh, with respect to whichever city you're keeping base to cover the northern nights, we would definitely recommend to plan at least a minimum of three to five nights to stay exactly in the same city so that you would at least be able to view the Aurora Borealis at least say once or twice during the duration. So, uh, and with respect to uh, when you would want to visit them, I think, like I said earlier, uh, the peak of uh, winter being around October, November, December, and Jan is when you would really have a good chance of viewing them. But normally the Northern Lights season opens up from the last week of August and goes on right till the first week of March. So, uh, and uh, 
I think the best places would be Reykjavik in uh, Iceland and uh, if you would want to move to more uh, offbeat places, uh, I think uh, a good personal recommendation would be say Tromso in Norway or further beyond Tromso there are a lot of uh, like you know, small villages like Senja or Anta. So these are kind of like very quaint places where you have, uh, you don't have a lot of uh, like you know city life happening over there and a really good chance of viewing the lights. And just to add on top of that, given that northern lot, lot of people travel from across the world, especially uh, Europeans and Americans travel from across the world to uh, see the northern lights. And you, the general trend is that the hotels start to get sold out at least three or four months in advance. So, in case if you are planning a trip to the northern lights, we usually recommend at least planning like four months in advance to get the best rates in terms of the hotels and all that. Right. So uh, we have a question from uh, Arjun uh, Anil Kumar. Uh, best way to cover Austria, Germany, and Poland interested in World War II history? Fantastic. Uh, would you want to take it up? Uh, I think you, given that you were um, Poland. So, uh, yes. so to be honest, Arjun, uh, these three countries are one of the best and the most interesting places to visit if you are more interested towards Nazi history. And uh, I think uh, with respect to places within these three countries in Poland, I think uh, Krakow, should be, uh, Krakow should be the perfect base for you to be at so that you can visit the Auschwitz concentration camp. And uh, similarly in Germany, it should definitely be Munich as a good base where you can see Dachau concentration camp. And uh, so basically it's just about all these concentration camps and uh, so probably Berkis Garden is something which you can see which is also Hitler's nest which he kept uh, use of during World War II. And uh, Burgess Garden can be predominantly covered as a day trip from say Salzburg or Innsbruck from Austria. And uh, I think uh, those covering within these three countries, uh, broadly summarizing Krakow, Munich and Salzburg should be a really good base for you guys to uh, like, you know, have a good dose of your World War II experience. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and this is just, I think Suresh Shankar has asked us how costly or cheap is it to hire a bike and turn Europe? Uh, Suresh, so basically, I think uh, hiring a bike, it really depends. There are a lot of providers within Europe who rent out bikes and cars over there. Uh, but it really depends upon, like, you know, what kind of deal you strike with them and, like, you know, how uh, flexible they go, basis, uh, how you approach them, to be honest. So, uh, and, uh, the, and insurance and everything also has to be considered over here. But uh, taking a bike trip is definitely recommended because uh, I think one of our travelers, uh, Rohit Subramaniam, is currently in Europe who is doing an extensive bike trip for around 150 days covering more than 25 countries. So uh, <laughs> I think uh, that's one of the most interesting and best ways to visit over there. And uh, we've again we've got uh, another question from Ms. Uh, Sarah Nambar. So my budget is 1 lakh, I'm willing to go as a backpacker, <coughs> is a Europe trip possible? Um, yes, technically uh, speaking, uh, Europe is definitely uh, possible within a budget of 1 lakh uh, if you're willing to go as a backpacker. And as we mentioned earlier, right, different countries, uh, countries in the Western Europe are usually more expensive than the countries in the Eastern Europe. So if you're looking at uh, tour of the Eastern European countries like uh, Vienna, Budapest, uh, or Salzburg, or uh, Czech Republic in general, it's quite easy to uh, do a trip for 9 nights or 10 days if you're open flying from cities like Mumbai, Delhi, because that's where you get the cheapest flights. Uh, so, in case if you're open to options uh, such as that, it's quite easy to uh, do a trip for lack as a backpacker in New York. Great. Uh, next, uh, we have from Vanita Rangarajan Cha. When is the best time to visit Cambodia? Okay, uh, we've gone off topic over here. <laughs> but uh, Vanita, to answer your question, Cambodia is a destination which is really good to visit all around the year, to be honest, because uh, weather being something similar to tropical climate across India and other Southeast Asian destinations, I think uh, you would ideally want to visit Cambodia when it's not summer, because during the months of, say, April, May, and June, 
Sama is going to be a bit harsh and uh, I'm assuming he has made around South India so it's kind of going to be similar as to what it is over here. So in that case I would really recommend visiting it post monsoon season and sometime once winter sets in because if you are planning an extensive trip within Cambodia with places considering like say Siam Reap or Phnom Penh or Batambang so I think these places would really and most of the uh, activities being outdoors you would really need to spend uh, a good time over there uh, during the winter time so I think that answers your question and yeah. we've got a question from uh, I think uh, Krishnamurti has asked uh, hi Adarsh uh, how easy is it to process for solo? How easy is it visa, visa process for solo travelers in Europe? Also, what would be the ideal countries I would cover given that I would like to hire a car and explore? Um, Krishnamurti, yes, um, to be really honest, as you must be aware, we, uh, we getting the visa process for solo travelers is a bit of a challenge. Yeah, it's always been uh, a bit tricky uh, when it comes to solo travelers, especially given that Europeans in the Western world has been quite uh, concerned about immigration and all that over the recent past. To be really honest, it's about yeah. like if you would return back. <laughs> but uh, I think, I think that, yeah, but uh, apart from that, uh, if you would want to know the ideal countries that you would want to cover if you take a car on hire, uh, coming back to a role point, you could have a lot of options across Western Europe, say across Spain, Italy and uh, France. When it comes to Scandinavia, Norway goes hands down as one of the best destinations to do a uh, car trip. And uh, Eastern Europe, I would probably say look into places like say Croatia and Slovenia. But uh, yeah, I think that would ideally answer your question. And we've got another question from Saranya, uh, sorry, uh, Mr. Venkat Swaminathan Ayer. How about Greece? Is it safe and cheap to go this year? Also, with the latest developments, what is the visa process for Indians? Okay, so in terms of Greece, uh, Greece has always been, you know, sort of a tourist haven. A lot of people, Greece has been especially very famous for couples and honeymooners, and uh, we keep getting a lot of requests in terms of, uh, you know, a Greece honeymoon. And uh, in terms of safety, Greece has never been a problem. I think Europe across, with the exception of uh, certain countries like uh, Turkey, security has not been uh, an issue or has not been a major point of concern uh, so far. So safety should not be an is not an issue, and uh, you can definitely have a safe travel to Greece. So that should not be a problem. And in terms of the visa process for Indians, as you mentioned, the same Schengen uh, visa process applies to across all countries in Europe, with the exception of uh, UK. And it takes up to a maximum of 20 working days for your, to process the entire visa. Um, yeah, I think uh, that would yeah, actually answer your question, Venkat. Uh, Sharanya Ayer has asked us, uh, hello my wedding is fixed on next February and uh, Europe a suitable place for honeymoon at that time, if yes, which places do you suggest? So Sharanya, first of all, congratulations on the wedding yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think if you're planning in February, I think that's when the when, that's when winter is ideally going to get over yeah, and yes. like you know, in some places but it's still, still going to be cold. But uh, I, Basis our observation and the kind of travelers we've been having over the years, a lot of people still do travel to Europe during the month of Feb. And uh, places I would really recommend you to visit is, uh, if it, it purely depends upon your interests. Because if you are more into adventure and nature kind of thing, and February also being one of the top peak seasons for the northern lights to be happening across Scandinavia, I think you should really consider Norway and uh, Iceland. Iceland. Uh, depending upon your time frame and your budget frame that you have in mind. Uh, but uh, apart from that, if you're looking for less, uh, like destinations which are less harsh with respect to weather, probably like, you know, coastal regions like say Spain, Portugal or Italy could really be considered. Uh, you would be able to spend a good amount of say 10 to 15 days over there. Uh, but again, it's like in, uh, in terms of uh, the weather, you are looking at somewhere between uh, 10 and uh, 15 degrees Celsius across most places. And the one thing that you need to consider uh, when it comes to a trip in Europe between in the off-season between November and uh, March is that uh, some of the day trips in the cities, be it like the Amalfi Coast, 
way the islands in Greece are shut down during this point of the year. So, uh, I mean, of course, the options are limited within the off-season, but if you're planning to cover the highlights such as, say, what, probably Paris or Rome or London, the cities are pretty much active throughout the year, and I think you can still uh, look at a honeymoon covering the major cities across Europe. Um, great. So, uh, Pratiksha company Sachin has asked us, uh, is it safe in Europe to travel at night? Uh, Pratiksha, nothing to worry about, to be honest. Yes. I think, uh, especially places across Western Europe, say like Rome, Paris, Amsterdam and Brussels, really are pretty safe to travel at night. And uh, with respect to, especially female solo travelers, we have had a lot of, uh, like, you know, uh, people from Ireland doing such uh, itineraries. And they really haven't complained about, like, you know, safety, safety being, being a, a big concern. Big concern uh, while traveling in the evening. Yeah, so I think you should just pack your bags and leave. <laughs> and, uh, uh, next, we will be taking, uh, I think, Anand has something. Yeah, so go ahead. Doing a 10-day trip in the first 10 days of September, flying in and out of Paris, any must-do places, want to do a bunch of trekking and also interact with new people, maybe uh, say at hostels. So uh, September being towards the, uh, is the autumn season in Europe and uh, it's an ideal team trying to visit most places across Europe actually frankly speaking. It sort of you know opens the entire European continent be it in terms of the northern lights in Scandinavia or be it in terms of uh, the highlights in uh, Paris. So if you're landing in Paris we would definitely recommend Nice. Uh, nearby in, um, in the month of September? It does depend because knee, if you're more interested towards beaches and like you know the entire French Riviera kind of atmosphere, I think Nice, Monaco, Monte Carlo, Cannes for that instance should really be a good ex experience. On the other hand, if you're a foodie and if you're really into gastronomy, I think Lyon in, in France really has to be one of your must-visit places. Or if you're interested in wine tasting, I think Bordeaux has one of the best uh, wine regions across uh, Europe, uh, as a matter of fact. So if you're considering, like I say, a 10-day vacation, we would recommend, say, probably three or four nights in Paris and probably two or three nights in the Riviera. And probably, you know, if you guys are too uh, interested in wine tasting, we would definitely recommend two or three nights in the Bordeaux region. And uh, stressing a little bit on the point that you have mentioned, you want to do a bunch of trekking as well. I think one of the best places in France would be towards the French, French Alps, Alps, yes. Alps region, like say uh, Mont Blanc or Chamonix. So this is ideally located towards the France and the Switzerland border. But uh, I think uh, doing some kind of really adventurous treks over there is really highly recommended. But in the month of September, probably it's going to be a little bit colder than what it yeah, normally would be, <laughs> especially once you go up higher into the altitude. So, uh, I think so, that answers. Yeah, I think if you're definitely looking into trekking, probably you know, four nights in Paris, then you know, moving down south uh, towards the Alps, uh, say for a couple of nights, and then the last three, four days in the Riviera region would be an ideal combination for a 10-day trip. Yeah. Yes. So uh, well, we've got another question from Vinay Shivshankar. Uh, so uh, Croatia is one country that I've been interested in. What is the best time you, that you would advise and what are the other countries around that you would recommend? Also, what is the kind of budget one should plan? Okay. <laughs> you should take it. Croatia yes. <laughs> so Croatia, I mean, for, for me, personal time, the best time to visit Croatia has always been in the month of September, October, because it's the autumn in Europe and you do see the turning of the color of the leaves across most places. And given that uh, Croatia is, uh, has a lot of national parks and has a lot of national reserves, we highly recommend September and October is the best time. I mean, towards mid-October, like late August, September and uh, mid-October. July, August is also a good time, but that is also the peak, you know, tourist traveling uh, time across Europe as well. So what happens is you have a lot of crowd traveling into these national parks and it sometimes, you know, can sort of uh, ruin the experience as well. But in terms of the best time, it would be September. And I think for a 10-day vacation in Croatia, it should cost you about, let's say, a lakh and a half. One and a half. Lakh and a half. Yeah, 1.75, depending upon the sort of hotels or which city you're flying out from uh, India and yeah. in terms of the other countries around that you would recommend uh, I mean I mean if you got only like say about eight to ten days you would recommend just doing Croatia because as I mentioned earlier Croatia does not have an extensive rail network so you have to rely on the bus network uh, covering between the cities 
and if you've got a few more days we either would recommend uh, Slovenia probably, or yes. probably like if you got another two three nights you would recommend Slovenia or uh, probably some Hungary. one of the Hungary or uh, Czech Republic or uh, Austria one of the nearby Austria, uh, Eastern European countries for a quick short visit but uh, adding another point over here with respect to the visa when it comes to Croatia, I think uh, a lot of people uh, are like kind of confused when it comes to applying between other Schengen countries and when it comes to Croatia. Croatia is not a part of the Schengen country, but what the advantage that you have over here is if you apply for a multiple entry Schengen visa, that would be applicable for people traveling to Croatia as well. So you could save the hassle of applying two visas separately, one for being Schengen, another one for being for Croatia. If you're traveling, if you're traveling only to Croatia, probably just getting a Croatian getting visa should be good enough. And with respect to whichever kind of visa you apply to, it would definitely take 10 to 15 working days. So I think uh, if, you're if you're planning to visit and club, say, one or two more countries along with Croatia, probably our recommendation would be to apply for just one single multiple, multiple one multiple visa, Schengen visa, and that should be good enough for you. And uh, we have a question from uh, Hashini Venkateshwaran. Uh, I hear that Europe is a blend of different types of tourism. Cool. What kind of tourism would you suggest for a first time? <laughs> okay, that's a very difficult uh, question to ask. <laughs> tourism is something which uh, is not a very favorite word for us. Like you would have seen in our logo, our tagline is stop touring and start traveling. <laughs> but uh, answering your question, Hashini, I think if it's your first time to Europe, probably I would really recommend you to visit the must-see places for Indian travelers, being places across uh, France or Switzerland or Italy, because bases are observation. We have always seen people coming to us saying that uh, this is my first time to Europe with my wife or with my family, and uh, I would want to see Eiffeltower, I'd want to see a couple of Alps in Switzerland, and I would want to see the Vatican. Vatican so uh, these three uh, places being one of the most contrasting combinations across Europe. I think uh, that's something we should really consider. But uh, rewinding back to our previous conversation uh, which we had, uh, I think if you're looking for something offbeat, probably say Eastern Europe and uh, like you know Scandinavia, something, something which you can also consider. So if you really want to know a lot more, I think you should really drop us a word at uh, planners at pickyourtrain.com and we'll be able to help you out. See, I think it just comes down to what sort of a traveler you are and what sort of travel you like. I mean, as you mentioned, right, it's like most people, first time in Europe, they want to cover multiple countries, like three countries or five countries, but we've also had people who have been very focused on visiting just one country. We've had people saying, you know, it's like I'm, I'm more interested in Switzerland and I just want to cover the Swiss Alps. And we have had more people saying, I'm, I want something offbeat and I just want to cover a beautiful, you know, coastal vacation. And we recommended Croatia for them. So it, it, it is a mix and uh, match and depending upon what sort of traveler you are, what interests you, is it history that interests you more, is it more of natural beauty that you're looking for, it, it depends and I, uh, we will be able to answer based upon your preferences. Uh, Deepa Kapoor, go ahead and ask all those split versus Zadar versus Nim questions. <laughs> we're back to Croatia. Hey. Uh, I think uh, Deepak Probably these three cities uh, or towns, I would say, are really one of the must visits across Croatia, apart from Dubrovnik, uh, Zagreb, and Plitvice uh, National Park. Um, if you are looking for, like, you know, a comparison between these three places, my bet would be uh, Split is definitely one of the must visit places. It's a very old, quaint town, and like, you know, the Diocletian Palace and the old town in Split Center is absolutely fascinating. And totally comes around live during the evening times and uh, you can also keep split as a base where you can cover interesting day trips like uh, say the Havar Islands or the uh, Brock, Brock Islands. Yeah, yeah. or even Krika can be covered. Krika can, also, can, be can covered. also be covered from yeah. uh, split. Uh, Nim is something uh, which is a very quaint village and uh, something which is like you know off the grid is what I would say and uh, if you're really into nature and you're looking for a good break apart from all the hustle bustle, I think probably looking in for a very quaint B&B along the lakeside and then is something which is highly recommended. 
So and uh, Zadar on the other end is more like what we what we would relate it to like what Venice is to be honest because if you see the geography it's kind of like uh, separated from the mainland with a small connection and uh, I think Zadar is also one place where you can explore a lot of adventure activities like skydiving and, or, uh, or even probably scuba off the coast of uh, Zadar as well. Uh, so, in I think the Adriatic Sea Adriatic is something which people really prefer when it comes to like you know something offbeat and different than what they experience across in the Mediterranean and the Atlantic. So, uh, yeah, I think that should give you a good uh, idea as to what you would want to cover, Deepak. <laughs> um, Venkat Swaminathan Nayar, uh, hello guys, say my hello to Baba from Pick Your Train. <laughs> He's so angry on me for not attending his engagement last evening. Please convey my sincere apologies to him and thanks for all the info on Greece. Was really helpful and we'll soon get in touch with you guys. Thanks again. Venkat, no hard feelings at all. Even I missed out Baba's engagement to be honest. Uh, so uh, Baba uh, aka Arun Subramaniam who is our uh, techie over here in Picture Trade and who is also uh, one of the brains behind the awesome product that you guys have been experiencing with us. Uh, recently got engaged yesterday, so yay, he's also picking his train for his upcoming honeymoon with us, I hope. Um, Raja, yeah. Krishnamurti is asked me, uh, Adarsh, pizza's life. Yes, my man, you're right. <laughs> Which city in Italy should I go to to get the best pizzas? Naples, my friend. Naples. 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 Naples is the birthplace of pizza. And I think if you are a vegetarian or a non-vegetarian, whatever it is, just order a plain mozzarella slice. You would experience what you're living for. <laughs> Rajat Sharma, I'm looking at visiting Spain next year, any flight hacks you would recommend and what are the best places to party and meet some interesting uh, people? No, we don't want to take a pill in Ibiza, I'm <laughs> joking. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take this? <laughs> uh, Rajat, yes, uh, Spain would be an interesting place to visit and uh, with respect to flight hacks, Probably what I'd recommend is you would ideally want to focus into like, you know, uh, not a local, lot of uh, airlines which are like, you know, cheaper to travel to Spain. Uh, recently, Air India has launched uh, direct flights from Delhi to Madrid and uh, we have not really noticed it to be a lot more cost efficient compared to other airlines. But based on our uh, personal experience and from what you planned for travelers, what you've seen is uh, depending upon which city you're based out of in India, be it uh, main metros like uh, Bangalore, Delhi, Mumbai or Chennai, uh, most of the airlines shuttling across Europe and that would ideally go to Spain as a destination would be Air France, Qatar, Etihad and Emirates. Uh, our recommendation would be probably say take an Air France flight which if you're based out of Bangalore because you will be having a direct connectivity. and. Uh, once you get into Paris, you can probably take a uh, train down into Barcelona or you can get, you have a lot of good low-cost airline connectivities between uh, Paris and uh, Barcelona or Madrid, any of the cities across Spain. So you have uh, Vueling, EasyJet, Ryanair. So these are some of the very famous low-cost airlines across Europe which would ideally like, you know, save a, save a buck for you. And uh, and just to add on top of that, you know, always, I mean, this goes for any uh, country, never travel on, never start your uh, vacation or end your vacation or on a Friday, Saturday or a Sunday, try, you know, flying out of the country on a Thursday or a Monday and if you uh, probably can always, you know, try flying out of Mumbai or Delhi, if that works out for you because you get the most economical flights out of Mumbai or Delhi any day. So these are some of the uh, flight hacks that you, you would like to suggest. And in terms of places to party and meet some interesting people, of course, you know, it's like Spain, it's known for Ibiza. It's the best place to uh, have those boat parties and uh, you know you know what I mean. And, uh, and, uh, but you also have to take into consideration that uh, boat parties in Ibiza usually operate between the months of say May and not even uh, May, June. August. Yeah, July, it's time, August it starts in the month of going to be at its peak. But uh, to answer your question, if you're not looking at something into Ibiza, 
and also you're looking into an island experience, probably I would recommend something a little beyond Ibiza, you would have noticed an island called Mallorca. Uh, the party scenes aren't going to be as vibrant and as gregarious as what it's going to be in Ibiza, but also at the same time it's going to be a lot more different and interesting and you would, Mallorca is known to be an island where a lot of people across uh, various places across Europe and Australia do travel across around the year. So um, I think... Yeah, Apart from that, uh, places within Spain itself, across say like Barcelona. Barcelona is, got a, is known for its night parties. It's got it's called some of the best clubs and pubs in the world, and in Europe uh, especially. And we've been for uh, be it for honeymooners, be it for couples, or even be it for solo travelers. If you're looking for a good pub or a nightlife scene, we usually recommend Barcelona. If you guys are not interested in visiting an island destination like uh, Ibiza or Mallorca, for that matter. Yep. Yeah. And. So, uh, Next, we have a question from Nitesh Singh. Uh, kindly suggest a plan for one week tour and for Europe. Also, As I'm, I'm seeking for some budgeted package. Uh, so, a week in Europe, uh, you can consider something like uh, Italy uh, during the shoulder seasons of say April or May or uh, September when it's one of the best times to travel in Italy alone as a as a one week destination can be a good option covering the highlights of be it Rome, uh, Florence and Venice. And uh, as we mentioned earlier, you can consider some, given that you're on a budget, we would again, you know, recommend some of the Eastern European countries uh, covering, trying to cover Vienna, Budapest and Prague over a period of uh, eight days or seven nights. That can be one good combination. Or just doing uh, uh, Switzerland for a period of seven days uh, can be a good option, but you know, it's like budget being a constraint and Switzerland being one of the most expensive countries in Europe, uh, that might be a sort of a challenge. I hope that answers your question. And uh, next we have uh, Keshav Rao asking us about a train journey between Paris and Switzerland. I think uh, this is something you would want to take in the past. Yes. Uh, I heard of a lot about the train journey from Paris to Switzerland. Is it really that worth it and scenic? All my friends who experienced have really hyped it for me. Can you explain what all I'll be covering during uh, the train journey? So uh, usually people, you know, when it comes for a France and uh, Switzerland vacation, they combine Paris with two other cities in Switzerland uh, called Interlaken and Luzon. Um, over the train journey between Paris and Switzerland, there are a lot more beautiful train journeys in Switzerland itself, be it the Golden Pass line covering, uh, stretching from Montreux to covering Interlaken and Luzon. That's one of the most famous and most scenic rides in Switzerland. And there is the Bernina Express that right. crisscrosses, uh, you know, Switzerland. And the entire train journey itself is almost close to seven, seven and a half, to seven to eight hours. It takes your entire day, but it's it, it, it has been consistently rated as one of the best uh, scenic, most scenic uh, train rides in Europe year on year. And uh, Switzerland, to put it in to put it in a small box. Uh, Switzerland has, is known for its rail. It is known for its railways. It is known for its rail roads. So anywhere you go in Switzerland, I think you're gonna have a very scenic and beautiful drive uh, crisscrossing the Alps. Uh, so I believe that sort of answers your question. Uh, next we have from Akmal Zabrut, uh, which five countries would you recommend for an Ubercool bachelor trip to mm -hmm. Europe? Good, and uh, I think, Akbar, I think wedding bells are also yeah. in the cards for you. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on that. So, uh, I think it brings us back to any uh, you know party uh, destination, I think it brings us back to uh, Spain or uh, Netherlands, Netherlands, to be honest. Uh, Amsterdam uh, has been very uh, notoriously uh, famous for uh, bachelor parties. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as we mentioned, right, Spain with the pizza and Barcelona can be a good combination. Or Greece, uh, I know it's more Greece. of a honeymooners destination, but you have a lot of these bachelors and, uh, you know, a lot of single guys traveling into Mykonos and a lot of single women traveling into Mykonos and, you know, it's like, it's been sort of a very good partying place. Adding to that, uh, apart from, the, to stress a bit about on Greece as well, apart from Mykonos being one of the most uh, hyped party destinations, you could also consider places like say Corfu, which is yeah. on the other coast, other side of the coast. 
and uh, coming back to the mainland of Europe, one really big uh, thing people do miss out is Budapest in mm. Eastern Europe and Eastern of Hungary. So I think Budapest being one of the most uh, you know electrifying and vibrant cities is one of the best places to like you know keep it as a part of your bucket list when it comes to uh, you know having a bachelor party. So uh, Akbar, to quickly summarize, I think Greece, Spain, Amsterdam, Netherlands, uh, Hungary, and uh, Probably, Probably. You can throw in, say, uh, like Croatia, Croatia or something yeah. as well. I always it purely depends upon what time of the year you're traveling as well, because Croatia is known for a lot of uh, music festivals and parties to happen at uh, some point of the year. Like, for example, last year we had one of our travelers who went to the Ultra Music Festival happening at Split, which was for a uh, duration of three days. And uh, boy, it was a ball over there. <laughs> So, so we got question from Sundar Ganesan. Hi guys, planning to do Austria, Czech and Hungary for a 15 day trip. Is there any other places that can be covered? How do you start the visa process? How long does it take? So uh, we would recommend usually about say 9 nights, 10 days just to cover Prague, uh, Vienna and uh, Budapest. Budapest. But if you want to do, if you've got 15 days, you can always throw in Innsbruck and Salzburg to do yes. a more deep dive into Austria. So I think two more nights in Innsbruck and two or three more nights in Salzburg. And I think this can give you sort of a balance between uh, 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 sorry, Eastern Europe like Budapest, Vienna and Prague is known more for its world war history or it's known more for its beautiful palaces and the kingdom eras. Operas and yes. a lot of like shows happening over there with respect to medieval and Renaissance history. And couple of nights in Innsbruck and Salzburg can throw in some of the you know lower Swiss Alps into the region and you know take the you can take the trip a bit more leisurely uh, in between say for a period of four nights five days. So that can be a good combination, but if you're looking for a few more countries, I think probably, probably you could cover say Bratislava, Slava, yes, Slovenia, Slovakia, Slovakia, some of the other Eastern European destinations, which you can do a quick trip for a period of two or three nights, just covering the capital cities and some nearby regions. So that can be a good option. One recommendation uh, I would give you, Sudhar, is especially when it comes to Austria. People normally do look into these three cities, mainly being Vienna, Salzburg and Innsbruck. One place in between Salzburg and Vienna which I would highly recommend is this very quaint small village called Holstedt. And uh, you would definitely would have come across a lot of postcards and a lot of pictures and movies. And uh, I think uh, the last Bond movie was also Skyfall uh, or uh, the one after that was shot. I'm not uh, familiar with which one, but one of the Bond movies was shot over there as well. And uh, I think that's a really beautiful place that should, yeah, I think that's a really beautiful place that you should visit at that point of time. And uh, we've got another question from Arinuddha Vimundi. So he's like, hey guys, I would love to go uh, backpacking in Europe. It's been a dream of mine for a while for me too. Uh, Can you suggest a few places and please tell me what will be my budget? Uh, Arinud, so uh, to answer you, I think it purely depends upon uh, how long you're looking at and what are the places you are broadly interested in. So like we told earlier, Europe being broadly split across three regions, across Western, Eastern and uh, the Scandinavian part. And all these three places having a good mix of leisure, culture, nature, architecture and history. Uh, It really depends upon what you would ideally want to take out of this bachelor trip and what would ideally be like, you know, uh, comfortable and suitable for you with respect to your budget. So. I think what you should really also do is like you know drop in a word to us at uh, planners at picturetrade.com mentioning your area of interest and the budget frame that you have in mind or just a rough ballpark and we would be able to help you accordingly. But to give you an idea, I think you know flights out of uh, Delhi and Mumbai they come in the range of city, they start at 35, 40 ah, per yes. person, 34, uh, 40 per person and usually Europe trip starts for at like say about like 1 lakh. A bare minimum of 1 lakh and provided that you know you are uh, ready to travel with two people so that you can split the cost of the room between two rather than you know uh, you know owning the cost of the entire room yourself. If you're not very fancy about hostels is what I what we uh, would say. But uh, coming back to the flights part, I mean, you know, what I would recommend is probably if you take a flight out of say uh, Delhi for example, you have a lot of good creativity say via uh, Aeroflot and yeah. uh, I think that's one of the most cheapest 
airline that we have observed over the days that has good connectivity to almost all the main metro cities across Europe, let's say like Paris or Prague or Hungary or Spain, Italy, wherever it is, I think Aeroflot has been one of the most cheapest and uh, cost-efficient flying uh, options with a very optimal flying time as well. So I think that should be all help you out. If I haven't, uh, we got a question from Varun Lakshman. Uh, if I haven't planned my stay in advance, is it easy to find an affordable place to stay for a few nights in Paris? Uh, that's going to be really, really, really tough. Trust me. Uh, see, we'll always be able to find accommodation in Paris. But the thing is, uh, it depends upon your budget, right? Uh, if you want to uh, get the most cost-efficient hotels that are there within the center of the city, we always recommend at least uh, looking for these hotels as planning your trip at least three or four months in advance, especially during the peak seasons between May and uh, September, which is when you see a lot of traffic inflowing into uh, Europe. And uh, for that primary reason, if you've got something like France or Italy planned in your itinerary, at least uh, start planning your uh, trip three or four months in advance to get the best hotels within the city at a very cost-efficient price. Absolutely. Uh, next, uh, we have a question from Vignesh Kumar. Uh, hi, Adarsh. Uh, suggest a budgeted trip to Europe to enjoy with friends. Oh, hi, uh, hi, Vignesh. Uh, I think you did your honeymoon with us to Bali last year. Uh, hope you're doing well. <laughs> and uh, Vignesh, uh, like I told uh, just a few minutes back, uh, purely when it comes to a budget trip, uh, the flights would ideally play a huge uh, component in the entire spendings that you do. So when it comes to say like a lakh or a lakh and a half uh, trip to Europe, almost say 30 to 40 percent would go off in, into your international flights. And to save a huge chunk over there, I would again recommend to my old point saying that you should take a low-cost airline like say Aerofloat or uh, like you know whichever is working out to be the most cost-efficient from the city that you're based out of. If you're based out of South India, probably I would recommend you to take the pain of like you know going somewhere say like Bombay or to Delhi and then take one of these airlines. Or if not, probably uh, I would recommend like you know saving doing the savings in your stay and the connectivity between the cities you're visiting and uh, to answer where you would want to cover i think eastern europe would really be a good option for you to like you know explore cost efficient uh, places with respect to stay and activities to do because basically what they've observed is places across uh, places across prague uh, vienna and budapest they have a lot of extensive options uh, for backpackers and people who would prefer hostels over like you know hotels and bnbs and stuff like that so I think that's something you should really consider and probably get back in touch with us as well. <laughs> so we got a question from Chitra Sachin, which is the most affordable countries for two best friends both over 50 to visit in Europe? Wow, best friends over 50, I mean that's a really long friendship you're talking about. Congrats <laughs> to the both of you. It's and uh, to answer your question, um, you know, the most affordable countries any day Eastern Europe as we've been discussing over, over the last few, uh, over the last half now. And uh, you can consider, it also depends, it boils down to your interests as well, right? Uh, if history, if World War II history is what interests you, or if you're more into architecture, I think uh, the Eastern Europe countries fit your bill. But if you want to do something more uh, mainstream, then Paris, Italy, and uh, Switzerland also uh, fits your bill. And uh, what else? I think that yeah. should be a good fit. And uh, ideally, we wouldn't recommend you, like, you know, keep too many country, too many cities within two countries into consideration where you would have to like continuously pack and unpack. So that's going to be a lot of hassle for you guys as well. And uh, I would really recommend like you know places like say a combination of Paris and Switzerland or like say Austria and Czech Republic. I think you have a lot of options over there and uh, considering your tastes of uh, like probably might be into say history and architecture, I think that's something you should really consider. And uh, next, uh, we have Santosh Krishnamurti asking us, Hi guys, which country in Europe would be your first choice for an adventure traveler? Yay! So, uh, <laughs> a lot of options. Um, I think Spain, again, has been very famous for adventure activities, especially after Zindagi in We started having a lot of people traveling to, uh, you know, do the skydiving in Sevilla. The three famous the adventure trips, so scuba diving, skydiving, sky and uh, the bullfighting, 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 bullfighting in Pamplona. <laughs> so, and, I mean, uh, Spain's become more of like an adventure hotspot, yes. especially for uh, people flying out of India. 
thanks to zindagi na milegi dobara but uh, apart from that uh, santosh if you looking to adventure activities probably like you know concentrate towards places like uh, i mean uh, activities like say skydiving probably switzerland would really be a very interesting option for you because you have something unique that you can do over there called helicopter diving so i'd like by taking over by airplane and then flying out of it you can like you know be in a helicopter and just like you know just jump out of it i think that's probably done in interlaken and that would be a very different experience for you and uh, with respect to other uh, adventure activities like say bungee jumping or uh, like you know Uh, scuba diving probably places like much more towards the eastern european side which are not part of the schengen countries like say bulgaria or uh, some places within the schengen part like slovenia etc would really be a good option for you to explore and uh, for guys trying to try some adventure stuff okay we got a question from sarnya ayer uh, what places should i consider for girls trip to try some adventurous stuff for we what be be the budget um adventure again i mean be it uh guys or girls adventure i mean just as we answered in the previous question spain is a good option spain is something that's been very uh you know tourist friendly as well and uh, what are the places would you croatia norway yeah croatia has been something that's been very uh, famous i mean if you're more into coastal beauty and national beauty you know and uh, if you're if you're a game of thrones buff as well then i think croatia fits oh, your bill yes. given that you know most of the scenes in westeros was uh, covered in croatia Uh, but uh, Sharanya, I also think that you had asked us earlier about a honeymoon to Europe. <laughs> so uh, really good to see you being fascinated about uh, Europe in general. But uh, if you're looking for a girls trip, probably uh, like a bachelorette kind of experience, probably I would also urge you to look into other alternative destinations across, say, like you know, within Southeast Asia or Oceania for the fact, like say Australia or New Zealand. So with the world being open, I think you have a lot of options. and uh, if you are kind of like you know very interested towards europe i think uh, spain and croatia like we said would be one of the best options for you um uh, next we have a question from omkar varma in general what will be the cost for a typical europe trip uh omkar to be really honest typical europe trip being for say like two people who are like you know uh, sharing the stay and other things I would probably say a rough budget for like a eight to ten day trip would be say one point two to one point four lakhs per person, which would ideally cover end to end, starting from your international flights, your internal travel via trains or flights, and your stay for the entire duration, all the transfers and like you know airport transfers and train transfers that you do, and uh, some of the experience that you might take, uh, like some day trips that you would be doing or like. Uh, probably some uh, museum admissions that you would want to spend to i think that would be a normal uh, budget that you would be looking at but uh, when it comes to europe it purely depends upon the kind the destination and the duration that you would look into so basis that is what we would ideally be able to give you a lot more precise budget for back frame Uh, so we got a question from prasanna krishnamurthy we are trying to choose between a macedonia greece and turkey and be a uh, france paris and italy for 6 days in september thoughts on cross culture and activities uh, <laughs> see for given that you've got 6 uh, days uh, i think uh, trying to go macedonia greece and turkey is going to be sort of like a art push for you we would recommend just doing greece in september because the weather is good the crowds are actually away we will be moving away uh, after the peak season uh, so it's got it's something that we try to we like to call it as a shoulder season when it's not off season nor is it peak season so in terms of uh, weather i think greece would be a good bet in terms of the number of days that you have if you can extend it by a day i guess it would be an ideal duration to visit greece yeah. like say probably two nights in athens three in santorini and two in mykonos that should be a good combination france paris and italy again uh, you know trying to cover all that in 6 days definitely is not something that we would recommend probably uh, uh, as we had discussed earlier 6 days probably 3 nights in paris and 3 nights in uh, rome in the french riviera i think that ah. can be one good combination or probably Each should also be a good option that you could cover but when it comes to a time period of just say 6 days or 7 days in a uh, stretch we would really recommend Men just considering just one, one country. country so it can just either be france 
or can best can be just quickly or can be just grease. And turkey of late, we've not been recommending primarily oh. because of the uh, after the coup and you know because of the security situations because a lot of countries have issued travel advisories uh, against traveling to uh, Turkey. Uh, it used to be, you know, uh, quite a tourist hotspot. It was spot. one of the most uh, preferred destinations for most of our travelers uh, before, like, you know, all the complications did start. did start. But uh, we really hope that kind of, like, you know, cultural events people do travel to Turkey because it's also in our bucket list as well. <laughs> so, uh, I think, yeah, Prasanna, I think that answers your question. And uh, we will be taking uh, one last uh, question from uh, Srivats and Ravi. Uh, hey guys, looking for a European football tour. Uh, could you help me plan an itinerary looking for Turin, Milan, Paris, Dortmund, and Madrid? Uh, Srivatsan, I think if you are a football fan and missing out Barcelona from this, it really. would sort of be like a sin. <laughs> Uh, so, so uh, Camp Nou is something which people consider as a temple over there, where it, uh, like you know, looks at when people are a Messi fan, and uh, I think a lot of matches did happen across Spain recently last month, and some of our travelers have also explored that across Barcelona, Malaga, and Madrid. So uh, I think probably you should constrain your geography within Spain itself, or yeah. probably if you're looking into say, like you know, uh, other places outside Europe. UK should be one of the best places, made London, Manchester, Liverpool, etc. So, uh, great. So, uh, so I, I mean, think I think that sort of you know brings us to the uh, time mark. So, uh, in case if you guys do have more queries, I'm sorry we are not uh, able to cover some of the questions over here. So, in case if you if you guys do have some queries, you know, please uh, feel free to reach out to us at planners at picketrail.com, and we'll be more than happy to get on a call with you guys. To answer any of your queries or to help you plan a trip as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's been a wonderful session and uh, thanks a lot for all the viewers who joined us today and it's been an absolute pleasure connecting with you all. Uh, I think we will also be coming up uh, sometime in the future with another session of Ask Me Anything covering a lot, something uh, equally interesting next time. Uh, I think it would be uh, New Zealand, Australia if I'm not wrong. New Zealand yeah, is what we would be covering. So we'll keep you posted, do follow our Facebook page, uh, we're also on Instagram and uh, if anyone of you are planning a holiday in the horizon, do like Akri said, do drop us a word at planners at pickyourtrade.com. That would be P-L-A-N-N-E-R-S at pickyourtrade.com. You can find it in the comment section as well. And uh, great. Uh, thanks a lot guys. It was really good to connect with you all. Have a good weekend. You too. Bye-bye.